Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. We find ourselves in Micah, chapter 6. We'll be starting in verse 6 to 8. We just have a few little verses on schedule today. And these few little verses, though, we we find ourselves asking the age-old question. What do I have to do? What do I have to do to be saved? What do I have to do to get into heaven? What do I have to do to please God? How much do I have to give? We see, you know, this is an age-old question. Man always in search of trying to please God. Man always trying to figure out what he's got to do. And you see pilgrimages, you see fasting, you see... People wearing different kind of clothes or giving up certain foods or giving up something they like to do or making a sacrifice. Maybe you see man painting beautiful pictures or carving beautiful images. Or maybe you see um, building great cathedrals and great churches. Maybe you see composing wonderful music. Does all of this please God? Does all of this um, allow one to come before God and let you know let God feel like you are doing good? And McGee was saying, you know, don't get me wrong, you know, living a good life, those are things, but what do you do? To be able to come before God. And so, all religions seem to, except Christianity, seem to make the point that man is trying to approach God. Man is always trying to find God or go to a higher level. But with Christianity, it's God seeking man. Not man seeking God, but it's God seeking man. And Christianity makes the point that man is a sinner. Nothing pure comes from man. Nothing good comes from man. And God makes the point that it's nothing you do 
that can please God or allow you to approach God. <clears throat> Why? Because you're a sinner. <clears throat> you're a hopeless sinner. And as McGee has said before many times, it's Jesus Christ and nothing else. So in other words, there is nothing you and I can do to approach God. There is nothing you and I can do to achieve entrance into heaven or entrance into his kingdom or salvation of your soul. There's nothing you can do. It's Jesus Christ and nothing else. And man is so prideful in many regards. Man sort of says, well, I'm a good person or I've lived a good life. And God says, it doesn't matter. It's Jesus Christ and nothing else. You can't depend on your soul in any way. So, we put in here with the age-old question. Verse 6, with what shall I come before the Lord? He's saying, what do I do? With what? And bow myself before God on high. You know, this is the rhetorical question that the people are trying to answer. You know, and this is during the indictment that God is giving on the people. He's saying, you know, what have I done to you? Don't you remember what I've done to you? And then the people sort of answer <clears throat> rhetorically, well, with what? What do I do? What do I need to do to come before you? It's almost like God is giving a, a really specific question here. You know, please tell me what I've done to you. And the people answer, well, what do we have to do? You know, seems like you're not, you're not pleased. And then it gets really kind of facetious. It gets like um, a little bit um, insincere. Shall I come before him with burnt offerings? With calves a year old? Okay, he's starting out. Okay, is this what I need to do to please you? Because it sounds like you're not pleased with us. Verse 7, will the Lord be pleased with a thousand, with thousands of rams? With ten thousands of rivers of oil? You know, is this what we have to do to please you, God? Because you're not pleased with us. It gets a little bit over the top, doesn't it? What do we have to do? Shall I come? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgressions, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? In other words, do you want a human sacrifice? If I give you my firstborn, will that pay the penalty of my sins? And isn't it ironic that the people are sort of asking facetiously here, like thousands of rams and thousands of rivers of oil, or my, even my firstborn? Isn't it ironic that the people are asking this question and they don't even realize that what God will give on behalf of all mankind will be his firstborn. So, what's the answer to the question? The age-old question. 
what do I have to do to please God? And it's gotten very facetious here at this point. It's like it's almost making the case that there's nothing I can do that is going to please you. And we are so sorry that you are displeased with us. Asking what have we done to you? And it sounds like our answer to you back is that we just don't think there's anything that we can do that will please you because you're not satisfied with us. And the answer to the question is, in actuality, legally, literally, specifically, yes, there is nothing you can do that will please me because you are sinners, unclean sinners. And there is nothing you can do that will be worthy of me. But this is like the this is like the gospel message, pre-gospel message. Because this is the rhetorical questions and answers before they even hear the gospel message. This is the mindset of the people, pre-gospel message. The mindset is, there's nothing we can do to please this God. He never shows up when we need him. And it seems like nothing is enough for him. And the answer, once again, is you're right. Nothing you can do is good enough because you're all dead in your sin. And it's the answer to the rhetorical question. And the answer to the rhetorical facetiousness is, no, you don't have to give your firstborn because there's nothing you can do. But I will give my firstborn for you. So the answer to the question is, it's not what you can do for your salvation. It's what I will do for your salvation. My firstborn for your salvation. It's Jesus Christ and nothing else for your salvation. The price will be paid in full beyond what anything you can do. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, in other words, his firstborn, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, have eternal life. Whoever believes has eternal life. It's not will get eternal life. It's has eternal life. Who believes has it. So let's look here at the the uh, sort of the punchline here in verse 8. <clears throat> he has told you, oh man, what is good. Okay, he's already told you. He said, man's, man's asking God, what do I have to do to please you, God? And now he's saying, Micah's saying, he's told you, oh man. He's already told you. You already know it. What is good? And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. These are the primary forms of what love is. You need to love God and love one another. 
And when you love God and love one another, that's what you end up doing. That's the, the question is, is, what do I have to do? Do justice. Love kindness and walk humbly. That's what you have to do. Because then the love of God will be in you. Walk humbly with your God. Let your God walk with you. In humility, in kindness, and in justice. The attributes of God in your life. It's not what you do. It's what God has already done for you because He loves you. Powerful message. It's the gospel message before the gospel message gets packaged. It's like the pre-gospel message answering the question. So we'll stop here. We'll continue tomorrow as we... Oh, no. We'll continue Monday. Sorry. As we continue our study in this great little book of Micah. So now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in, in Zambia, Matali. Matali, hope you're doing great. And we look forward to hearing what you've got to say today about this wonderful, wonderful book. God bless you all. Keep your heart centered on Christ. And we'll see you next time.